0: We saw this combination breaking barriers in that it was young, old, male, female, all different types of people that people that hate whiskey would come and say, oh, my gosh, I love it.
1: I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Stephen and Brittany Yang to learn about their journey launching Screwball. Stephen, Brittany, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thank you. Thanks,
1: Dave. We're
2: glad to be here. I'm super excited.
1: Well, I want to start with just the, uh, the story of what exactly is Screwball for somebody that might not be familiar with it. Yeah, so, uh,
2: you know, we create the world first peanut butter whiskey. Most people wonder why peanut butter and whiskey. When people hear of it, either, hey, you're messing with my whiskey or you're messing with my peanut butter. So our story actually go way back where uh, I was born in Cambodia, third world country. My uh, parents just survived a whole genocide that happened. And my grandparents and my aunt and uncle, unfortunately, lost their lives during the genocide. Born in the mid-80s, when I was around one years old, I caught polio. It's an airborne virus similar to COVID that happened. And unfortunately, uh, it affected my right leg, so it literally paralyzed me overnight. My parents decided to left everything, snuck into Thailand. And uh, we stayed essentially in a prison for about six years where we'd stand in line for food and water. And our prayer got answers where we got a random act of kindness for a couple who live in San Diego, sponsor us into America. And there when they saw us all skin and bone all the time, so they would give us a basket of food. It would be a bread, peanut butter, and some fruits. And there was my first love of peanut butter. And so... I started doing that. Met my wife when we were in elementary school, so we could say elementary school sweetheart. So, uh, and then uh, opened up my first uh, bar when I was around 22, and uh, while she was going to uh, school and working at the restaurant, also she went to school for her uh, master in chemistry and went on to uh, being a lawyer, doing farm school patents over at uh, Chicago University of Chicago, and so over at my restaurant. I would start putting peanut butter in everything because I, I fell in love with peanut butter like a lot of uh, Americans. And I would put in fried rice, wings, spring rolls, sake. And I'd start putting peanut butter and it just took off from there. So um, that's when I just started doing peanut butter whiskey.
1: Well, being a bar and a restaurant owner, you saw new brands pitching you every single day, coming in, trying to get that shelf space. What motivates you say, okay, I'm going to be the one that can break through with this new brand and something really differentiated?
0: I think that was the hardest part of convincing him to to see this was that he did see so many good brands with lots of money, millions of dollars put behind this. And he's like, what what are we going to do (laughs) that breaks through? And we saw this combination breaking barriers in that it was young, old, male, female, all different types of people that people that hate whiskey would come and say, oh my gosh, I love it. And so we saw this opportunity. And I think maybe a little bit of my, like being naive in the the industry was enough to, to push us through. And I know the moment he started to become more excited about it was when I actually gave it a name, gave it a personality and had this identity to move forward rather than it just being some nebulous idea And it was one of those things where it was just now or never.
2: Yeah. I've been pitched many times, like every single day, new brands, new brands just keep coming and coming in. And I just, this is the toughest industry. I think the chance of us succeeding at this height was probably us. I mean, it's lower than us, um, you know, winning the lottery twice. So the mega of the Powerball twice and
0: Well, and I think the ones he's getting pitched are the ones that have actually made it through a lot of levels. And so that's what's even more incredible is that he saw that, at, like you said, at that level. Yeah,
2: And I think the one of the main driving force is that my wife and I, we've been wanting to have a, kid, a child forever. And finally, uh, we were given that blessing. And so I was getting home around 5 a.m. sometime, you know, closing the bars, and she would wake up around 5am to go to work with a lot of East coast partners. So we're just seeing us through passing. And I think that we chose family and wanting to be together and,
0: well, and starting and a of, brand. And like so, you said, we worked together in the beginning and really coming back to, to where
1: we strove and and did well. So when you look at those early days, as you said, you came up with that name, but you also said you were pretty naive about the industry. So liquor is not something you necessarily just can go start producing in your back kitchen anymore. So how did you really go and tackle that and figure out, okay, where do we source it? How can we find somebody that can blend this flavoring into it? with somebody that wasn't in the industry, how do you approach that?
0: I think it's really just a lot of trial and error. And like you said, you're going to get no's and and nobody's going to want to help you. I think that's the the thing. It's like you're going into this and nobody's telling you all the pitfalls in front of you. But I think that that's a blessing, right? If you know everything that's that you're going to have to do, I think it would be harder to start it. Right. And so I think just, I always tell people when they say like, Hey, should I start a business? And I'm like, thinking about it is the hard part. The doing it is where you start getting and you start seeing success. And so, you know, it's every time you you have to leverage your connections to a next connection. And so Mm -hmm. it was really just finding one person that'll believe in you and then, and and then taking that.
2: And I wish we had like a, we could get a mentor or get someone to help us (laughs) believe in this. Cause think about it. I didn't think it was crazy, but peanut butter whiskey. Right.
0: Well, Keep... we we did seek out a consulting firm and they said it was that we were a beautiful couple and that we seemed really nice and we should save our money because we just have a bottle and a dream and and that's not going to get us very far. So, you know, I think we we sought out all the typical resources and we kind of got the door shut on us. And so we put a lot of it in our own hands, really doing it ourselves and 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 not relying on somebody else to, to put those things together for us. Yeah, him, so. and
2: it's uh no no one will we, we, we try so many uh, you know R and D company. We have reached out to many, many people and they all just this is this can't be done or this is this is a Look, joke. This is ridiculous. And
0: and so. I, and we don't like those people they have to make their job, right? Like they have to make their living. They have to do all of those things. And so with packaging, that's a volume business. And so helping us is taking time from their other stuff. So it's not that that we're in any way faulting it. They were right at the time, right? Not to, <laughs> to devote that time. But it's just it's that's where we always laugh. We'll get an email from somebody and they'll say, Hey, we would like your business. And we're like, we literally tried to contact you for six months and never got a return email. <laughs> so you know, it's just fun.
1: So what was that first step? You got the product made, you got the name. Did you call your industry colleagues from being in the restaurant business and the bar business? Or how did you start those early steps to get the product in people's hands? It took us quite a while
2: to uh, get our product. And in in fact, we looked everywhere looking for an R&D team. No one could help us except for Brittany using our chemistry background while she was on maternity leave. And uh, for us, we're able to just you know, just we made so many mistakes. I saw this saying, and I kind of critiqued it to for a screwball. You know, like uh, success is like pregnancy. Everybody congratulate you, but they don't know how many times you've been screwed. So we have we have made many many mistakes. But right now, I think that.
0: But I think it's also like like you've been seeing a lot is fall, failing forward and kind of learning from those mistakes and and taking them to to the next step. But yeah, really. From where we first started, it was really just, like you said, just going out individual by individual and, and building that. Yeah. And in. I
2: think that uh, with, with the bars and restaurant I had and also my parents who had a donut shop before. And, and I'm not sure we've seen that movie, The the Donut King, where a lot of immigrants come over to uh, from Cambodia and and own a donut shop is because it's the most labor intensive job, one of the most labor intensive job actually, and then very little margins on that, but at least they could feed their family. And for Asians, a lot of parents, they don't see it as, hey, I got a child they see it as a labor force. Hey, we got another boy, you know, we got another girl. So I grew up working in the hospitality industry. Uh, when I was eight years old, I mastered the, the cash register. And so um, I think from there a lot of their good doings where they all have always donated tons of donuts and also school, first day is the schools, last day of school, is always free donuts. And then from that translate to what the bars and restaurant that I have owned because they always have been, during the whole Khmer Rouge genocide, they have always felt like you, you have to help people now and then they'll come back you tenfolds. So, um, you know, uh, just what comes around goes around. So we have always been a big part of the community donating always from day one, you know, $10,000 here, $10,000 there. And just, you know, so I think from that for our community service, that when we launch this brand, when we go to bar to bar to bar, and we're we're getting major accounts also like the San Diego Airport, Harris Casino, San Diego Zoo, Del Mar Racetrack, those are huge money. I mean, those are big corporate companies that you can't just get into. And they, they said, yes. So and then from that in San Diego, we just, I think we landed 500 accounts very, very quickly. And it just grew from there. And then so a lot of... I,
0: I think yeah. a lot of it for us was we had a good product, a brand that people connected with. And so we had those initial contacts, but it was also the word of mouth that really was able to,
1: to take it to another level. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. What was that moment when you kind of realized this thing was really taking off and that momentum was building and it wasn't just the a bottle and a dream, but something more?
0: Well, I think think the time were like we like hugged each other and like looked at it. Was we got a call? It was actually funny. Somebody had wrote a negative article, and it led to somebody at the Today Show finding out about Screwball. So there's no such thing as bad press, right? And they called and were like, "Hey, we want to put this on here." And that was just like a very surreal moment. Well, we for thought us. it was.
2: we we thought it was a prank call or something, (laughs) but then, Hey, we want to get on that. So
0: I I Googled the guy. I was like, this, this has got to be like, (laughs) but people
2: don't realize the extent to to go through that. So I, we, we saw that around 5.00 PM that day and they want to put on the next day, but we're only in San Diego. So I pop on a red flight right away, red eye and trying to just you know, rush my way before the filming at five a.m. or something like uh five a.m. I think six a.m. at the same time, and it turns out that something happened. It was like a like a an emergency. It was yeah, would say Like an emergency or or a breaking news happened, so it wouldn't be on that. It wasn't going to be on the show, but went through all those great lengths to, to hop over. But then afterwards, they tasted a while, They're like, wow, this is actually really good. So they ended up putting it on. So that was our ha moment. And then when people just emails coming through, I will pay anything. How do I get a hold of it? And so liquor stores were just going through palace and house of it each week. And we're like, okay, this is have some legs.
1: So. so you mentioned one of the kind of original inspirations was you were just starting a new family, you know, for the first yeah. time and trying to balance... Entrepreneurship's not a very balanced uh, endeavor, say the least. So how did you think about that balance of family, work, having essentially two babies with your business and the, the new one at home? So, well,
0: I, I think we haven't probably been balanced people. Like he said, we're, we're workaholics to begin with. It's actually I, a joke I always tell people is our, um, our pediatrician, when we brought um, our daughter for the first visit, she's like, you guys look well refreshed. And I was like, I'm getting like, a four hour sleep, like condensed, and then I get a little nap in the middle of the day, this is the greatest thing ever. Like this was a luxury to me to get a little more than four hours of sleep. And so, you know, I think from having built that sort of momentum, I think what this gave us was with my job as a lawyer and his job at the restaurant, there wasn't the flexibility in being able to incorporate our children into the day-to-day, right? So I can have my daughter and take a call. I can travel. We travel with her everywhere. She was on the road with us as we traveled. I think she's been to like 40 different states doing all those things. And so it is not perfect. It's not the dream in any way, but it was for us, gave us that sort of, a little bit more flexibility to, to do it. And so I think it's maybe a perspective of where we were coming from that enabled us to really appreciate that time.
2: And when we see that is that at least we could see her late nights and early mornings, you know, and so we're, again, we're hundred percent self-funded. So, I mean, there's people who are interested in it, never gave us a single penny because in the end they're like, it's peanut butter whiskey. You know, this is, this is stupid. So, uh, you know, we were able to convince her mother-in-law to, uh, shut down her daycare and then come, come with us. And, you know, there's, there's some funny moments where at first we're doing two hotels, you know, cheap hotels. But it's hard to get two rooms together. We're like, screw it, we're family. So, um you know, my mother-in-law, we, we would get two we two beds. Like we yeah, we still travel. <laughs> this is where she would stay with us with our two kids and my mother-in-law and my well, wife and I. So, and, so that's in one the, hotel room. So
0: that's the missing link. So, in in the midst of launching this we got another blessing and, and had our, our, our second child. So I was, as we're doing this national launch, we have our, our young daughter and then we're pregnant yeah. with another. So it's been, it's been a lot. And like you said, it's not a lot of balance, but I think we're, we're kind of used to that and appreciative of what we do get.
1: So let's talk about the brand. could you indicate a couple of times because screwball. It's made for misfits, screwballs and black sheep. Why did you really gravitate towards that image and brand as what this thing was all going to be about?
0: Well, it really started with the restaurants. That that was where it was born. And so it really alcohol it's one of the unique things that really does need a story. And that was one of the things that that Steve when he was coming to me, he's like we really need a story and that was the birthplace. And so we really wanted, and Steve can probably tell you more about the restaurant and yeah, what inspired it.
2: Ba- basically, a screwball, how Brittany came up with that. It's everybody having a lot an inner screwball in them. You know, if we grew up. Mom, we're going to be in alcohol industry, right? Crap. where well, we have a, a black sheep on our hand? I definitely but,
0: got my parents crying when I told so, them that.
2: <laughs> but we came together and found our crew. So there's a K-R-E-W in that. We're no longer about black sheep in our family. And this brand's for all young, old male, female, as long as they're of age. You know, they're most likely going to love peanut butter. I mean, some fun facts is that Reese's is the best-selling candies, right? peanut butter since the 40s and also you know the average american kids uh, from the time they could have uh, solid food till 18 consumed 1500 peanut butter sandwiches during that time and so uh, you know and also for me it may have a lot of, a little deeper meaning for me where the screwball where our logo is a black sheep with the chocolate peanut butter swirl and then with the behind it with a sea of white sheep we're standing front and center for me is that, uh, you know, with my grandparents, all my aunts aunt, aunt and uncle who lost their lives during the genocide was like, they essentially want to wipe out a whole society of screwball. Anyone that could just stand up for what they believe in and, and willing to speak up also was murdered. And I think that for us, it's important to be a screwball that we need to, uh, you know, uh, express our voice and express our opinion.
1: Talking about that kind of deeper meaning behind the brand, you're not just about a good time. You do a lot of charity work as a business, and that's been really at the center of the community that you've built. Why was that so important for you as you built out this brand?
2: Well, uh, for us, Bernie and I came from a very humble beginning. You know, uh, when we got to the U.S., we, I lived in a car and then lived in a garage after that. And then we actually lived in, like spent majority of our time in the donut shop in the bathroom. You know, and her 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 parents, her dad was in the Navy. And uh so we ex- extremely humble beginnings, and for us we've been on that opposite random act of kindness. And so for us now it's the uh even from the restaurant and now more so with the success of Screwball allows us to give back tremendously. And uh, you know, we have always do a lot of stuff just behind the scene, but uh but when COVID happened last year in March when all of a sudden everything stopped. Right. And then we're being in the service industry. We just immediately just empty our bank account. We donate half a million dollars to Children Restaurant Employee, CORE, and a restaurant association. And then on top of that, we're able to kind of like slow down production of Screwball and then make enhanced sanitizer. At the time, you know, no one was making any of that stuff. And we're able to ship it out to a lot of PD. Fire station and dropping off. I mean, it met, we're dropping off five gallons buckets at local hospital, and it felt like we were dropping off a five gallon bucket of cash in there. And that's how, I mean, to see that impact, to see
0: people crying just for hand sanitizer.
2: Yeah. Hand sanitizer. We're able to also put together a lot of baskets of foods when we're able to source that from my restaurant background before, you know, at the time, but now it looks ridiculous. Toilet papers, eggs, peanut butter, bread, pastas. At the time, every shelf was wiped out. And so I think that...
0: I, I mean, yeah. for us, it, it we know with when we had the restaurants, the community was what built us, right? We were a place for the community. And so when we built Screwball at the heart of it, we wanted to do that at a much larger scale. And so it's, it just made sense that when that community was hurt, we would come and do what we could. It wasn't going to save anything, but it was to show that solidarity.
1: So when COVID happened, you started with all those amazing efforts, but then you did some formal campaigns as well with screw COVID-19 and screw it forward that were really as part of the brand. What was yep. part of those?
0: Really just c- continuing. Like like you said, it's, it's, well, it, COVID it's still going on. right? <laughs> and so it's not just this, it's not, unfortunately it's not like some of these other events where it's an event and then you can heal. Unfortunately, we're still going through it. And, what we like to do is it's it's a hard it's like you said, it's a very tough industry and we like to bring smiles to people's face. We like to just remember that that we can be lighthearted in some of this. And so I think Steve can probably talk to it better. Yeah. I mean I
2: we've <laughs> some of our campaigns that we're doing, it's uh, you know, uh it was put on the shelf, like screw screw hunger, but one of it that I I I love is uh it's for men's health, is screw ball cancer. <laughs> So, and, uh, so
0: <laughs> you, people are going to think, so.
2: <laughs> and then, so I think that we're, we're going to try to, uh, do a lot of that, uh, you know, for men's health also on that. But the thing is we sell fun and it should be just, you know, fun at a responsible with a responsibility on that. So, and the, we just noticed the liquor industry, there's a lot of soups and ties, a lot of button up industry. And so. I think that we should have fun and, and being lighthearted and being part of screwballs, you have to be able to laugh at yourself also.
1: So you mentioned earlier that you know, the business is 100% self-funded and you know, we're coming off a decade where venture capital and everything is so celebrated. What led you down the path of going 100% self-funded and what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs starting the journey? Well, you know that saying that... Um, The bank would only lend you money when you don't need
2: it. So we definitely tried to get funding and we we just couldn't get it. You know, it's
0: a, a birth of necessity, right? But for others, I think that it's exactly what you said. I think that venture capitalism is so celebrated. And I think a lot of it is see what you can do on your own. There is... Freedom in it being your own company, not having to worry about it. Would we have been able to do the charitable things that we want to do? Would we be able to do some of these things where we might be losing money in the short term for the greater good of the brand if we had somebody over our shoulder? And so I think in this world where all of that is celebrated, thinking what steps you can do and, and being more creative about how you can finance the
2: yeah the company. i mean there there's been several occasions where we came home with no electricity or you know we're like okay shoot we didn't make our electricity bill this time i mean i remember december 2018 we we're going to look see how much points we have on our credit card let's go look for coins coins and stuff and, so uh, we could pay our mortgage I this mean, month. It,
0: and, and so. that and there's a drive in failure, literally not being an option. Like you not being able to, you would lose your house, you would lose everything you worked for. There is a driving force that that will make you find some semblance of success out of that.
2: So we, we definitely could <laughs> see some light on at the end of at the end of tunnel. But at the same time, we're, we're you know you're like, okay, what have we done? I mean, is this <laughs> something that is it just regional that people like? but then how is it perceived nationally? But I think that our, our gamble paid off, calculated gamble paid off. I mean, we were the fastest to, you know, uh, a quarter a million cases for a lot, for a premium brand fastest to half, half a million cases. And a uh, lot last, I think we just celebrated um, that we, we depleted
1: a million nine liter cases. So that's amazing. So what advice do you give to other entrepreneurs that have a hope and a dream and, want to take that next step
2: don't be afraid to make mistake failure is uh i think i, I uh david M- uh, Meltzer's mentioned this where you know failure is where you will remember most because it hurts it's and the then... highest
0: intensity learning experience you can have and so really not being afraid of failure in the short term but not letting failure in the long term being that option and so a lot of it is just taking that first step. That first step is the hardest, but you know, it's with my chemistry background, it's kind of that activation energy, right? You have to move to where it's harder to go back to where you were and you have to keep moving forward. And so it's getting that, taking enough steps that you can't go back.
1: <laughs> well, I think, oh. Yeah. That's the perfect place to end on. So I really appreciate you guys taking this time to, uh, Share the journey of what you've built with Screwball and how you've uh, enabled misfits across the world. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dave. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.